you guys were singing that like you believe it. I think you really believe it. Yeah. Man, turn to someone beside you and just tell them you're glad that they're here. Would you do that? We don't do that every Sunday. I'm just feeling it today. Say, man, I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad that you're here. Momentum is definitely better when you're here. Thank you so much. Great singing. I tell you what, you guys did a great job. Turn to someone else, someone else, somebody else, and say, you know, you, you don't sound too bad. You don't sound too bad. You don't sound too bad. Awesome. You guys can be seated. So glad that you guys are here. Man, I tell you what, I am so excited. This has been such a great series that we've been in. We've been in, this is the fourth week of this series called Starting Over, Starting Over. And we've been talking about how to ensure that next time doesn't end up like last time. How to make sure that your very next time is better than last time. And so wherever you are, as we conclude the series today, if you just moved here If maybe you just got married or remarried, or if you're like, man, you know what? I I just, you know, I hit rock bottom, Pastor Tim, to be honest. I met someone last week in Navarre. We were in Navarre and uh, met someone that's like, man, um, like God is doing big things in my life. And they've been freed from alcohol and drugs, um, celebrating a couple weeks. And so if you say, man, I am here, and yeah, let's clap for that. Come on. Y'all do better than that. There you go. That's right. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your strength, right? There you go. And so, and, and I just loved hearing that. This person was starting over. And how many of you guys are here today, whether it's Navarre or Blackwater, Gulf Breeze, or you're watching online, how many are thankful for grace? You're thankful for God's grace that allows us to start over. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm so thankful for God's grace. Now today, we've been talking about three different things in this series, three different points, and we'll get to them in just a minute. But today, um, today, I want to talk to you about releasing it, releasing it. And, and, and here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that we have to release the past. That's what you and I have to do. You and I have to let go of the past. So the past can release us. We have to let go of the past so the past can let go of us. So today, that's the message in less than a minute. It's release the past so the past can release you. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to start out with a story. It's a very um, personal story. A couple weeks ago, I was out of town and... um, the Lord through devotion time. God ever speak to you through devotion time? Now, when I say devotion time, just so you understand what I'm talking about, I'm talking about your quiet time. I'm talking about your quiet time, your time where it's with you and God. And if you're, if you're not a Christian, you can just tune me out. Right here, just go ahead. Pull up ESPN. No, no don't do that. I'm just teasing. Oh, you thought I was serious. You're like, I like this church. Your pastor ain't bad. Getting drug here is not that bad. Um, but if we're Christians... Here today, those of us that are, and there's so many believers here today. Do we have any believers here today? I'm just curious. Any believers? So, so the goal is for us to feed ourselves. 
So it's good to come on Sunday, but here's what you have to understand. Sunday is like this big rally. It's like this gathering where we rally around the resurrection. That's what church is supposed to be. It's where we rally around the resurrection and we encourage each other to continue to live for Christ. And then we go, today's the first day of the week, Sunday. Then we go into the rest of our week and we go um, not fueled up, but fired up. The fueling comes from the self-feeding. Y'all didn't catch that. Or you would have responded a little better. The fueling comes from the self-feeding. The self-feeding is how much time you spend with God during the week. And it's not how many verses you read. It's how many verses read you. And so it's, that's, that's the goal. And so Christians that, that stay small, what happens is they give their life to Christ and they never grow because they expect Sunday to be the only source, the only food source for their growth. And what I want to tell you today is you can, you can feed all week. The pantry's right over there and it's, it's full. So you can feed till you're full. And you can get in God's word. One of the greatest ways to do this is version, And you get version and, and, and pick a plan. Today we're going to talk about anger. So you can go to anger and there's so many plans on anger. And, and what can happen is you will look into God's word. God's word will look into you. And what will happen is God will call out in you what he wants to remove from you. Do you hear me? God will call out in you what he wants to remove from you. And God will speak to you. So I'm having my quiet time. Now, this particular day, um, I was in the gym. And I hurt my neck a couple weeks ago. And I was like, ah. But you know what? I was like, my legs are working. (laughs) So I'm riding a bike. Something no one in my gym has ever seen me do is hop on one of those bikes, man. You know? And uh, so I'm over there. And I'm riding the bike. And while I'm doing it. I'm listening to scripture, and I'm going through the book of Colossians. You ought to go through that book. Uh, I'm going through the book of Colossians, and, and every morning I'm doing the bike. I'm trying to burn, you know, so many calories, you know. It's like ride the bike for three hours, burn 100 calories. <laughs> Eat a peanut M&M, consume 300 calories. I'm like, what is up with that? And so anyways, man, I'm on the bike, and I'm going through Colossians. And Colossians starts going through me. And about day three, day three, God surfaces something within me that had been inside of me, but kind of tucked away. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you relate with me? You know what I'm talking about? It's not something I've been thinking about, but it's something that was still in there. And it was about someone who hurt me. And then... About day four, the Holy Spirit was like, okay, so you know, yesterday we kind of pointed that out. Today we're going to do something about it. Are you with me? Stay tuned. I'm going to finish this conversation a little bit later. So today, let's, uh, let's review. As we talk about, we kind of conclude this series. Let's kind of just review. If it's your first time here, we're so glad that you guys are here. I'd encourage you to go back. You can go online, MomentumChurch.org. You can listen to the series, Catch Up. Catch up, listen to this series. I promise you this series is worth it. Starting over. A couple things. So, you know, you can start over. 
You can do that. And that's good news. We celebrate that grace. But I just want to say it again. You can start over. God is all about a restart. That's good news. That's good news. And, and it's good news because some of us need it. Financially, some of us need it. Professionally, some of us need it. Relationally, some of us need it. Academically. <laughs> like we're coming up to the end of the year. Are you praying for a miracle? You're like, Jesus, take that up to an A. What do you say to God? What do you say, God? How about turning my F into an A? <laughs> and and then, there, then there's a whole other thing. Then there are people here that you're starting over and it wasn't your fault. It was someone else's fault. You wish it was trying to turn an F into an A in a grade. This is, has more to do about life. And what you came home to was a note that said, I'm out of here. You can have the kids. I don't care about you or them. I want a different life. And so you're starting over. And the truth is, like, you feel like this wasn't even my fault. Not that I didn't mess up, but I didn't cause that. We talk about in this series, we've talked about how the truth is that we learn from our mistakes in the areas that matter least, right? And we repeat our mistakes in the areas that matter the most. Last week, we, we, uh, we asked a question, and the week before that, we asked a question. We asked, when will I learn? Last week, we asked the question, what was I thinking? In areas that matter most, oftentimes, we, we move too quickly. Instead of moving slowly, we move too fast, and we jump right back in. We would jump right back in. We have a failed relationship, and we think the answer to that is to jump right back in. We pay debt off only to jump back in. Most of the time, we're in over our head. And so instead of taking the time to evaluate and learn, what do we do? We, we jump back in, then we make the same mistakes, and then, then there's the question. The question is why, why, why? And the reason why is because we buy into three myths. We buy into the experience myth. We say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm older now, so being older makes me wiser. No. <laughs> no. Being older makes you tired. <laughs> tired. Can I get an amen? Yes. Yes. And so we buy into the experience myth. No, no, no. No, we don't get wiser because we get older. We get wiser because we evaluate our experience. Experience alone doesn't make us wiser. Doesn't. The experience myth. Then we have the know better myth. I know better, so I'll do better. Because I know better, I'll do better. I, I, yeah, well, yeah, that went that time. I know better, and I'm going to do better. But it doesn't guarantee that at all. And then there's thirdly and quickly the, the time myth. I'm running out of time. I am 27. I need to get married in two months, so I need to find him today. Pastor Tim, you don't understand. There's this clock. It's ticking. And so what do we do? We jump right back in. And yet, 
This series has been all about three non-negotiable steps you and I have to take if we want to make sure that the next time doesn't look like last time. The first thing we talked about, the first step to take was own it. Own it. Own it. We said we need to own it or it will own us. You need to own your piece of the past or it will own you. If you don't own it, it will own you. If you own it, it won't because it can't own you. Are you with me today? Own it. Second thing we talked about was last week. We talked about rethink it. Rethink it. And the question we asked again was, what was I thinking? And because we jumped right back in too fast, we made the same mistake. We said, well, you know what? Well, this, you know, my wife in my first marriage, you know, it, it didn't work out. But so I jumped right back into the second wife. And if I'm not careful, I jump back into the third wife. And then I just think, you know, all three of them just didn't love me. But was there a pattern there? Yes. Not being mean or rude. But the truth is, the common denominator is you. The common denominator to my problems in my life is me. Are you with me? It's, it's me. So we have to rethink it. And we talked about, don't be a conformer, be a... Wasn't that great last week? Be a transformer. Be a transformer. So today I want to talk to you about release it. Release it. We're talking about releasing, releasing, watch this, releasing the past so the past can release you. We're going to put a pie chart up here on the screen. I want to talk about this real quick. Um, look at this pie chart. The truth is you and I, when it comes to our issues, when it comes to our funk, when it comes to our junk, the truth is um, it's the light blue, not the dark blue. Isn't that true? Oh, don't be acting like you're so perfect. Isn't that true? It's like this slice is my fault. And you see the dark blue? That was his fault. That was her fault. That was their fault. That was my company's fault. That was my family's fault. You with me? That's how we see it. We, we see it just like that. And so we got we to gotta deal with it. See, the light blue, that, that was own it. If you don't own your peace, you'll never have peace. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Now, that was review. That was all about review. Where we talk about the, put it up there one more time. We, we talk about it was their fault. It was all their, well, maybe, maybe I had just a little piece, but the rest was all their fault. And we tell the story, and we tell the story how we remember it. We tell the story how we've rehearsed it in our mind. And we tell the story like this, with the light being us and the dark being them. Let's have a little fun. Turn to the person beside you. Turn to the person beside you and say, you know you do that. <laughs> tell, tell them, hey, 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 tell them one more thing. Tell them one more thing. Say, say, they know you do that. They know you do that. Yeah, they do. So today, we're going to talk about something even greater. We're going to talk about our fault and our part. Today, we're going to focus on letting go of anger and letting go of hurt. You see, we get angry when we don't get what we want. Just like a little kid, like a little baby, we get angry when we don't get 
what we want. I know this to be true. What I also know is every hurt person is an angry person, and every angry person is a hurt person. I think I, I think I heard John Maxwell say it years ago that hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people, and hurting people hurt people and are easily hurt by people. If you are easily hurt by people, they just looked at me wrong. You're a hurt person. The question is, do you know it? Because they do. And today, today we're going to get into the nitty gritty because we're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about letting go. Letting go. But it's hard to let go because they hurt me. They owe me. Say that. They owe me. Ready? They owe me. Say it like this. You owe me. You owe me. That's, that's, that's it. They took my promotion. They took my pride. They took my reputation. She took my husband. He took my wife. He took my family. Maybe, maybe they stole your security or your purity. Or your identity. And we get hurt when something gets taken from us. That's what happens. And maybe, and then when, then when they take something from us, well, you owe me. You owe me this back. And so what do we do? We place a lien on them. We don't lean on them. We place a lien on them until they pay us back. But how many know today that that rarely ever happens how can he pay you back your purity he slipped something in a drink how can he really pay that back he cheated on you with three other women while you were pregnant how does he pay you back for that what size carrot is actually big enough for that You with me? And yet what we do is we hold them in prison. Because you owe me. And we want to be paid back. You owe me affection. You ignored me as a child. By the way, the way way that we treat our kids will determine how they treat us later. The fun we create with our children will determine the relationship we have with them later. You with me? You owe me affection. You didn't give it to me. You owe me attention. Well, I just cheated, Pastor Tim. My husband never. My wife never. So I just. You owe me money that that I borrowed. I loaned someone one time. At the time, it's still a significant amount. But at the time, it was a very significant amount of money to our family. I loaned it and didn't get it back. You know what? I struggled with anger. I'm telling you. Not like anger thrown around things, just anger like you're in prison. And I will hold you in contempt until you make it right. But normally they don't make it right, do they? You owe me a raise. (laughs) I've worked for this company. For how long? And we begin to place that on people. You owe me an opportunity. Maybe you owe me a second chance. That's the source of our anger. Today we're going to focus on the other 95%, the dark blue. We're going, to, we're going to talk about the part that makes us look good and them look like. 
You see, just as blame, we talked about this before, but just as blame enables you to smuggle your issues into your future, unresolved hurt, unresolved hurt over what others did to you enables them to smuggle themselves into your future. Did you catch that? In other words, just like not owning your piece of the past enables you to smuggle your issues into your future, not dealing with this piece, this is the big piece, the dark blue, the 95%, not dealing with this piece enables other people to smuggle their issues into your future. Have you ever, let me, let me ask you this, have you ever heard, have you ever gotten to know a person, you get to know that person and they're just really, really sharp. They are so sharp, you're like, my goodness, man. I mean, they, the kids are well behaved, you know, I mean, the, the husband, the wife, they're just distinguished, they, they, they're just sharp, they're smart, um, they're hardworking, they're successful, and you're just like, man, my goodness. And, and you just look at them and you admire them and you have deep respect for them, and then then all of a sudden, at some point, you hear their story. And their story was gory. I mean, their past or their childhood or their marriage was like, really? And, and you wonder, you wonder, how, how did you get from there to here? How, how did you do that? How in the world? Like, because I saw you and I, I look at you and I, I, I still respect you and I respect you even more now to know that, that your struggle, you had a real struggle. I mean, I see you as so successful and you fought cancer twice. You almost died once. I mean, I, I, I look at you and, and, and your spouse and think, what a solid couple. But I didn't know the things you went through before. You ever seen someone like that? And then, then you're shocked. You're shocked. You're like, holy cow. But it's kind of refreshing, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it kind of refreshing? Because we know our life isn't perfect, but we kind of see other people sometimes as perfect. But then we hear, you know what? Their past was messed up. They had to start over too. Holy cow. Who knew? Who, who knew that that's what their past was like? I want to find out how did you survive? How did you make it? How did you get through it? How did you stay dedicated to it? And you know what? When you talk to people like that, honest to God, 100% of the time, you're going to hear, you're going to hear the truth. And the truth is that they chose, they decided to do it. They decided to make their marriage work. I'm talking about two people whose marriage should have ended 20 years ago. And they're happily married today. And you look at them and you think, man, wow, like they inspire me. Like they just love each other. They've been married for 25 years. They've been married for 30 years. They've been married for 40 years. They've been married for 10 years. And they just absolutely adore each other. And you look at it. You think, my goodness, it's amazing. And, and the truth is, you know what? It, it wasn't that they didn't have a past. It was that they decided that their past would remind me, not define me. Amen. My past will remind me it doesn't have to define me. In other words, I can let go of the past so the past can let go 
of me. Um, they, they might say something like this. It was so hard. It was so heavy. The, hug it, the, lu- huggage, the luggage was so much. It was so heavy. Heavy and luggage is huggage in case you didn't know. It was, it was so heavy. I just decided I don't want to carry it around anymore. Now, when I go on a trip, if I fly somewhere, I, I pack my, it kind of stays like this always because I, I don't want to be a place without a book to read. I want to be a place where I, I'm wasting time, right? If, I, if I'm stuck in an airport, I, I want to be able to get something done, get something accomplished. So you know what I do? I overpack my book bag. That's what I do. Buy 40 pounds. And I got six books. Did I read them all? No. But I had them. I had them. And I read some. But it gets heavy after a while. And that heaviness sometimes begins to hurt after a while. And I think people like that say, you know what, I just decided I'm not carrying around that stuff anymore. But I want to ask you the question, how many of us today discovered that there are grudges that we're holding? Because the longer you hold a grudge, bitterness grows. Bitterness is fermented anger. It's anger that's been on the shelf a while. Because there's a process in anger. Anger doesn't sit still. Anger is about movement. So is fermentation. And anger begins to move and move and it circles around and it circles around. And you've had that thought, oh yeah, I forgot you hurt me 10 years ago. And it's still, it's on a loop, isn't it? It's on a loop and it comes back around. How many of us are holding grudges or bitterness because we've been wronged? How, How many of us would say this? Come on, come on, be honest with me. You say, Pastor Tim, I'd forgive them if they'd apologize. Oh my goodness. Have I ever believed that one? I have believed that there would come a day. I'm thinking of a certain person right now. That they would pick up the phone. And they say, Pastor Tim. You call me Tim. Call me. I don't care. Call me Timothy. You you, you say, Tim, you know what? I was wrong. I was a jerk. I'm sorry. It's okay, man. Let's be best friends. If they would just call me and apologize, it would get better. What about this? We believe this lie. If they just call and apologize, it'd go away. But does it really? And do they ever? No. <laughs> no, they don't. The truth is, all of us identify with that. You see, here's the truth. Genuine self-criticism is a rare trait. The truth is, we all see the world from our own perspective. And even when we are certainly and definitely wrong, we rationalize it, don't we? We justify it. We defend our actions. But until we release the past, we will never be released from the past. Got to release it. I want to ask you three questions. These questions might be a little uncomfortable. um, And and certainly I I don't um, mean to be. pushy, but I think these are, these are strong questions, three of them, and they're a little intruding, if I'd be honest with you, just so you're not surprised. Here's the first question. What debt is causing you the anger that you feel about them? What debt? What debt is causing you the anger that you feel about them? That's the first one. Number two, how far into your future do you plan to... To carry the hurt. 
created in your past? How far into your future do you really intend? Well, I don't intend. Yeah, yeah, but that's the problem. Because if you don't make a decision and decide, you are, you are not planning, so you're planning to fail. You with me? Right? And we, we talked about in the series, next time can be better than last time. But not just because you want it to be, but because you plan for it to be. Here's what I'm talking about. There's a decision you got to make. You have to decide. How far? You want to carry it another day? You want to carry it another week? Another month? Another year? Another decade? How far into your future do you intend to carry the hurt that was created in your past? Number, and, and I'd say this before I go to number three. I'd say this. Pick a date. Save the date. Get a magnet made. Put it on your refrigerator. Are you serious, Pastor Tim? Well, if it'll help you, yeah, I'm dead serious. Answer that question, how long do you intend to carry it? You want to carry it another week and then end it? Or you want another decade? Go ahead, pick a date. Put it somewhere you, where you can see it. And then do something about it so you can seize it. And by the way, you don't got to wait a decade. You can do it today. You can do it right here. Otherwise, what hangs in the balance is your future. And you'll carry that thing forever. How many people have gone to the grave with things they carried because they never decided, but they never thought they intended to carry it. They just never let it go. So it just went with them. I mean, number three, how long do you intend to allow the people who mistreated and hurt you to influence you? How long? You know, same question. Another day, another minute, another hour, another week. Another month, another year, another decade, another marriage. I mean, do you really want them to show up in your next marriage? In your next relationship? In your next job? And the the truth is, here's the truth. The truth is we have all met people who are still under the influence of people that they hate. Haven't you? I met people that are still under the influence of people that they can't stand because they never decided to let it go. What I'm saying to you today is you can realize, you can decide today that today is the day. In fact, there's a Bible verse. There's an author in the Bible that said something like this. Today is the day that God has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I get it. Sorrow may have lasted for a night. But joy does come in the morning. And and I know that there's real hurt. We're not discarding the hurt. We're going to let Jesus do that. Only Jesus can really truly do that. But you just need to go ahead and announce to the devil that it's morning. And joy has come. And the night, yeah, it was hard. It was long. It was dark. But it's over with. Morning is now. Today is the day I quit holding my hurt. I quit holding. I quit carrying my hurt. Today's the day that God has made. And I will 
because I can. That I will is because I make a decision to. I will. Question is, will you? Will you quit holding the hurt? Listen, if you want next time to be better than last time, you better. You better. You better release the past so the past can release you. And when you do this, your past will remind you. Your past will not define you. And you see, this transaction actually happens because of an ancient biblical word called forgiveness. We know it, right? But let's not fall into that no myth. That just because I know it, I'll get it. Or just because I know I need to forgive, I'll give it. Doesn't just work like that. You see, forgiveness allows you and I to carry the lessons of the past forward while leaving the luggage of the past behind. In Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 and 31 through 22, Paul, Paul pins these words. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't sin by letting anger control you. This is in NLT. When I, when I was growing up, I memorized um, the translation. It was King James. I, I memorized it like this. Be angry and sin not. That's two imperatives in the Greek. Two commands. Be angry. So God isn't against you being angry. God created anger. Anger is an emotion. Jesus at one point was filled with righteous indignation or right anger. Are you with me? Remember that? He, he was making a bullwhip. Can you imagine the creator doing that? He's like, oh, it's fixing to get real up in here. I'm pretty sure that thing could have sold for a lot of money. That was the best bullwhip ever made. I mean, it was making the bulls nervous, not even near him. They're like twitching. And then Jesus started flipping tables. You remember that? Anger is not wrong. So, so, so the first imperative is be angry. Second imperative is do not sin. Don't sin. Or don't let anger control you. Don't let sin control you in your anger. Or don't sin by letting your anger control you. There's um, two imperatives. Be angry, don't sin, number one. Number two, if, if you're mistreated, you should be angry. You should. Someone mistreats my son, I'm angry. Aren't you? Sure you are. Sure you are. And, and, and then it goes on. It says this. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Don't let the sun go down. In other words, in other words you, you better decide. I told this story before. It was a long time ago. Steph and I got in a fight, believe it or not, um, more than once <laughs> um, in our marriage. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. In, in our, and when we were newlyweds, I remember getting, getting in this fight. And, and what was funny is it was flipped. It was flipped because normally I'm like, let's talk it out. And I just talk and she clams. I'm like, oh, no, we, we fixed this night. But I was so angry. I thought, you know what? I'm going to flip it on her. I'm going to clam. Let's see how that goes. And she didn't like what she did in clamming up. And I didn't like what I did. So I'm, I'm, going, I'm not talking about it. So I went to bed. I'm not talking about it. I took the sheets. I got all curled up. I had them all like this. Ain't no woman telling me to sleep on the couch, amen, bless God. I got my bed. That's right. By the way, 
Um, if you want a great marriage husband, never tell your wife to sleep on the couch. I'm not talking experience. I'm just saying. And wives, don't tell your husband to sleep on the couch. See, men, you thought I was picking on you. That's a setup. I was trying to help. Stephanie came in there. She came in there like a bulldog. She threw open that door. She's like, oh, no, you don't. She grabbed it. She, that was a top blanket. And so I just determined to hang on to that sheet as tight as I could. She looked at it. She's like, Tim Payne, you better let go of that sheet. Leave me alone. I'm angry. Sometimes it gets funny, right? Get a little funny. Uh-huh. You see, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. It gives a, the devil a platform. It gives the devil a stage. It gives the devil a voice. It gives the devil a mic. A foothold, a stronghold. In other words, do not gift the devil a platform in your life. Do not give him an opportunity. Now, watch this. I get that, and I understand that, that of the scripture, but I want to say it like this. Um, the word in the Greek there for devil isn't the one that is normally used for devil, but it does refer to a quality or to a trait of the devil, which is slander or liar. And what this verse says, if we could look at it this way, for anger gives foothold to the liar, to the slander. Y'all fix and be with me. Maybe God doesn't want the person that hurt you to have a base camp in your life to operate from. Maybe what God was talking about was not the, the real devil, but the person who was a devil in your life who hurt you. The, the lie, yeah, they were a liar. Yeah, they were a slander. They stole my reputation. So maybe for anger gives a foothold to what's his name? For anger gives a foothold to what's her name. That changes it, doesn't it? See, the Greek term for Satan is Satanas. Paul uses this term meaning slander. Don't give place to the slander. And isn't that what they did? And isn't that why you're hurt? See, there's a place for anger, but we got to keep it in its place. Scripture goes on to say, get rid of all bitterness. Again, you have to decide, you have to act, you have a decision, you have to move. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. And yet we don't like to admit that, but until we confess that, we will not be free from that. You with me? Until you say, I got a problem with bitterness. Until you call your own foul. Back to that piece of the pie. Can we put that back up there? Watch this, watch this, watch this. We put the slide back up there. Until, until you own your piece, which is the small, we think, right? Until you own that part, you will never be able to release the rest of that part. You won't be able to. So get rid of it. Flush it. Bitterness, permitted anger. Rage. You got rage in your life? Anger. Harsh words. Slander, 
as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, be tenderhearted, be forgiving one another. And that word forgiving literally means pardon. It means to pardon. Pardon doesn't mean that you're not guilty. Pardon means you are 100% guilty, but you're forgiven. You're 100% guilty, but you don't have to pay for it. So it says, forgiving one another or pardon one another. Just that, now this to the Christians today, just as God has, through Christ, has forgiven you. So in other words, pardon as you've been pardoned. You see, by forgiving you, God made sure that your sin did not taint his future relationship with you. It was all love from God and no luggage. So when we forgive other people, even the ones that are responsible for you and I having to start over, it ensures that they don't taint our future relationships too. All lessons. No luggage. So pardon as you've been pardoned. Identify who you're angry with. Listen, write this down. This will help you. You really need to do this. Identify who you're angry with. Determine what they owe you. Make a list. Make a list. Write it down. What did they steal from you? What did they take from you? Make a you owe me list. Be specific. Took my reputation. You took my money. You stole money. Took my time. Maybe you were robbed recently. What did they take from you? Maybe it wasn't just that they broke into your house, but that they broke into your emotion. Broke into your feelings. Like a bull in a china shop. They did a lot of damage. Make a list. What did they owe you? Faithfulness. Not having your kids every weekend of the month. Sleep. Your career, your peace, what do they owe you? And decide to cancel the debt by forgiving them. And the deal is you don't owe me anymore. And I would encourage you to do this. Go first so you can go forward. Go first so you can move forward. See, if you wait on them, what you're saying is I am willing for them to have the keys. If you wait for them to apologize, what you're saying is I am willing for them to have the keys to my joy to my peace, to my happiness, to my rest, to my sleep. So be specific. Make that list. And then ask God to help you feel towards them how God feels towards them. And when you feel the same way towards the person that hurts you, that God feels towards them, you're healed. That's when you know. You see, the remedy, the cure for anger is forgiveness. And if you try to make them pay, listen to me, you will be the one to pay. They're not thinking about you. Why are you allowing them to still hurt you? You have to release the past. You have to do it. You have to. You have to. See, forgiveness is nothing more than canceling the debt. You got to cancel it. I was thinking about water skiing and maybe showing a funny clip at this point of someone who's water skiing and it goes bad and, and they just, they don't let go. And it's, 
And they're in the boat like, let go! As they're slowing down. It's like, then they're like, didn't you see? Didn't you think you could have let go when you lost it? But instead, you determined to hold on. And the truth is, it's only funny when it's someone else. We could watch that all day, right? <laughs> Type in videos of people who smash their face. It's only funny when it's someone else. See, next time can be better than last time, but not just because you want it to, not because you want it to be, but because you plan for it to be. So own it so it won't own you. So it won't follow you into your future. Own it. Number two, rethink it. Identify and reject those lethal assumptions. Don't be a conformer. Be a transformer. And number three, release it. Release the past so the past can release you. And go first so you can go forward. I would say to you today in closing this series, this is your life. And if you decide to forgive, you'll be better for it. You actually get to decide how the rest of your life will be. I want to encourage you to make it a story worth telling. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? How many would say today, I'm speaking to Christians, you'd say there is anger, there's bitterness, there's rage in me. I need to make a list. I need to take my time. I need to be specific. And then I need to release the lean that I've had on them. Would you put your hands up if that's you all over? All over. Let's let's get honest today. Can we do that? See, healing, healing only begins with honesty. We just, we, I put my hand in the air. Story I told you at the beginning, I had to make a phone call. I didn't want to, wasn't excited to, was a little nervous to, but I made that phone call and I'm so glad I did. That was God working in me. Maybe God's working in you. You put your hands down. Make a list today. Do that. Don't, don't, don't in, listen, don't carry it another day. Make a list. Let God allow the healing process to begin. Walk with them as long as it takes. Some of you, it means you need to get into counseling. You need to stop talking about it. You need to do it. We have great counselors. You can ask anyone on our staff. We have great, we, we have great counselors we can point you to. Professional counselors that can help you. And then I just want to simply say this as I finish that we never like to end a gathering without giving people an opportunity to receive God's gift. What is God's gift? His gift is Jesus, who is perfect, the perfect Son of God, who died so we could live. And He lived because we were dying. The truth is, without Jesus, you only have nothing. You have religion at best, and religion will fail you when you need it to come through the most. Religion will leave you regretful and empty and confused, lied to and broken. And at the end of your life, you will stand before God, and the only thing that will get you into heaven is never Never, 
the goodness of you. Never the, will never be the, the good things that you did. It will never be how many times you clocked in at church. It won't be how many Bibles you had. It won't even, won't be that stuff. It, it will be, did you have a relationship with Jesus? How do I get a relationship? I begin a relationship. Here's the good news. He already began the relationship. He came, he died, he bled. Perfect life, perfect death. And here's the good news, perfect resurrection. And if you will believe that Jesus is God, that Jesus is Lord, and if you will believe that that he rose again, you will pass from death to life. Without Jesus, you're a dead man walking today. Without Jesus, you're a dead woman walking today. Jesus is life and life abundantly, and he is free. And he says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Rest from religion. Rest from your sin. Rest forever from the punishment of your sins. If, if you say, I need that kind of rest in my life, I need that kind of forgiveness in my life, then right here, right now, I'm going to lead all of us in a sinner's prayer. It's a prayer that I'm going to pray. We're going to pray it together. I'm going to say the prayer. I'm going to break it down. You'll repeat it after me. You're not praying to me. You're not praying through me. You're praying with me. We're talking to Jesus. Let's pray together. Would you say, Jesus? That's right, out loud. Jesus, I'm a sinner who desperately needs a Savior. I feel your love. I receive your love. Thank you for loving me, for dying for me, for bleeding for me, for rising again. I receive your love and all that come with it. I receive your life. I give you my life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name. Whether you're in Blackwater or you're here in Gulf Breeze or you're in Navarre, you're watching online. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to help you. We want to first celebrate with you. Then we want to walk with you and help disciple you or teach you or lead you. We don't want you to do life alone. First thing we want to do is celebrate you. So would you let us know by raising your hand? Would you do that? If you prayed that prayer for the first time, right here, right now, on the count of three, would you just raise it? I won't embarrass you. I will celebrate you. On the count of three, we already got a hand in the air. We ain't even got to one. Come on. We got several hands in the air. Come on. Here we go. One, two, three. I see your hand. And I see your hand. I see your hand. And I see your hand. Come on. Raise it up. Who else? Let's go, Navar. Come on. Hold it up, Navar. Keep it up. Hold it up. Let's go, Blackwater. Hold it up. Keep it up. I gave my life to Jesus. Come on. We got a family right here. That's amazing. Come on.